asking someone for their pain, like right out of the gate, like Mark, what, you know, what's keeping you up at night, which that's a passe term and I don't like to use, or, or where's your pain? It's like, dude, you don't know me. That's right. like someone knocking, knocking on my door saying, hey, where's your pain? And I just said, hey, which I told Tim not to say. <laughs> Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have David Elephant of Change Healthcare. He's an AVP of Marketing and Development. Hey, David, what's going on? Mark, thanks for having me. Happy Tuesday. And Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, right before the holiday. And I want to share something else that David is a part of, and he's the co-host of Energy for Sales podcast. So you're going to get some energy. You're going to get some sales tips on this one. I was blessed to be a guest on their show uh, not long ago. Was it a week ago? A week ago. A week yep. ago today. And I had a lot of fun with them and I learned a bunch and I've already taken some of those nuggets with me. But David, let's talk about you for a second. What is Change Healthcare? Change Healthcare sits at the center of this broken healthcare system. Uh, our vision is to inspire a better healthcare system. We're a healthcare technology company. Our clients are the payers, the insurance companies, the providers, your physicians, hospitals, partners, and the consumer. So we sit right in the center. Uh, we have both solutions, software solutions, and services to give to the world abroad. Um, healthcare is broken, and so we're fortunate to sit and help that. You know, the move has been from patient to consumerism. We're consumers, so we have a lot of um, AI-driven and machine-learning-driven solutions that, that empower uh, the person. Uh, there's a lot of mandates going on as well from price transparency. You know, Mark, not many of us go on Amazon and buy something and have no idea what it's going to cost or what the ramifications are, but we walk into a doctor's office and do that every day. So we sit right in the center. It's been very rewarding. That's interesting. So what does the a the AVP of market development do? A lot. So my team is in a unique position. If you understand the SDR, BDR environment, uh, our whole purpose is to create opportunities for our sales teams upstream. And uh, we do that across all of our 400 plus solutions. And we have a team over on the services side where we actually give the provide the labor, whether that's billing and coding in healthcare, overflow call, um, answering. That's our whole reason to be connect with with the end user, whether that be a PACS administrator in an enterprise imaging environment, uh, a hospital administrator, a physician practice, uh, someone at an insurance company, uh, to to learn more about what we do and see how we might be able to help them create opportunity, and then move on to the next. So when you say upstream, what's that mean? To all of our sales teams, our inside sales teams, our field sales teams, uh, that's, that's the reason we're there to uh, add that, that extra horsepower and leverage. Team has grown significantly in the two years I've been there. Uh, started with three inbound phone reps, uh, five outbound, and now we're at uh, 28 total. So uh, really the value of of having a team that is 100% uh, 
dedicated to multi-touch, multi-medium, email, phone call, LinkedIn, uh, while our sales team is, is busy uh, creating their own opportunities, but also closing those that, that they have. I tell a funny story. Uh, when we meet with a new group, so our stakeholders could be one of our marketing team, which we have marketing across all business units, or a sales team. And I would always tell the story that when when you ask folks in an organization, what's the heaviest piece of equipment in the building? You get answers like, well, the safe or the refrigerator or the copy machine. And I found this the telephone because no one can pick up the telephone. And that's what we do. Fearless, bold, connect with the end user, see if they might be struggling with, with what others are struggling with in, in this industry and want to learn more about it and talk to our subject matter experts. So I'm glad you I'm glad you 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 said that. So tell us about that telephone. Tell us what the fears are that your team faces that they choose not to pick that phone up. Well, fortunately, uh, we recruit for folks that are fearless and 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 don't have that that aversion to the phone. You know, it's interesting. Uh, human nature, people are always going to go to what they're most comfortable or sometimes what's the easiest. So if I'm a, I'm a salesperson in, in any company, I have to do X amount of prospecting. I have to do X amount of proposals. I get to deal with contracting. I do. So we, we all want to do the fun stuff. We all want to talk about deals and, and move opportunities to the pipeline, or we should. And the last thing that there's never time in the day for is is really that hard work of picking up the phone and making the dials, making the connections, connecting with folks. To me, it should be the easy part, but for a salesperson who is juggling various activities, they're, they're going to they're gonna maneuver to what, what they're more comfortable or how they feel that day. Whereas when you have a dedicated team of market development reps whose sole purpose is to connect via phone or email, for their existence, for their and, and they knew that that was the that was their role and that's a role they want to. It's a little, little bit easier, um, though. We all have some hesitance. The hesitancy with a new person is they are afraid of the question that might be asked that they don't have the answer to. For us, that's the perfect spot. Now we have to. We're never going to be subject matter experts. We have to be trusted advisors. We have to know why we're calling. What could what that organization might be facing that hopefully we can help them with. So we have to live in that space. We have to do our research first, but our whole goal, Mark, is to get to that higher level question that we can't answer so that we may say, Mark, that is a great question. That's exactly why I need to connect you with our subject matter expert. So I think that, you know, fear of the phone, I think when it's when it's your only role and, and it's been explained to you properly and you understand the metrics and you understand what the role entails and you're recruited and, and interviewed and hired for that, um, there aren't so many surprises. Not to say some people, it turns out not being what they want to do. Um, so. Because it's not easy. It's not easy. It, it's not. Um, it can be fun. You're going to get rejection. You know, today you're going to get a lot of voicemail. Right. And as we went through the pandemic, you know, we're calling in the hospital. We're calling into the front lines. We're calling in the hospitals, health systems, physicians' offices. Our preferred method is to lead with a phone call. 
Well, when people aren't in the office and they're not answering their phones, we had to leverage a, a little bit more proper email uh, and, and a follow-up phone call. Um, but I think that's, that's the trickiest part. You know, I have other philosophies. I'll ask, I'll ask my team and I've asked salespeople. So when you leave a voicemail, do you really expect a call back? Oh yeah. Well, no, that's not owning, that's not owning the process. And I've, I've moved from owning the sales process verbiage into really owning the buyer journey. But when you relinquish control, um, and it can be defeating, but if I'm leaving voicemails and I never expect a call back, I'm mentally and emotionally in a better state of mind because I'm saying what the next action is. Mark, sorry, I missed you. I'm going to call you back next Tuesday, or I'm going to send you an email. takes all the pressure off of you because you don't have to do anything. You don't have to write my number down. Now, I will leave my number in case you need to get a hold of me prior to my next action. I don't throw a lot of sales out there all at once, but you know that my team um, knows what they have to do. Uh, some campaigns, some sectors we call into are easier than others, and you know we balance that out so that everyone has a fighting chance to uh, not just meet but exceed their 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 metrics. So, how did that change through COVID? I mean, you you, you have you mentioned the remote the remote um, obstacle, but what about the just the fact that you're interrupting somebody? Always an interruption, of course. What we found, I've always, I've always been, you got to lead with empathy. You don't know what anyone's going through. You have to be curious. What we found in the beginning of COVID calling into this sector, that we really had to lean heavily into empathy. We had to be very empathetic. And, and we always do. We have to be empathetic in, in all of our relationships and, and conversations. As a sales leader, you sit back and empathy, you know, you need to lead with it. And Tim and I did a podcast on this. One day it came up, came to me. It's like, okay, everybody's leading with empathy, but we have to, we have to figure out how to hit our numbers. We have to break through this. Right. And so we have to have a sense of urgency. So the, the, the phrase came up to me, empathetic urgency. How can I infuse into my people? Yes, please lead with empathy. But have that urgency of on a call and into the next call of seeing if we can help someone. This was, you know, our solutions and our and our services side can can help these folks whether they have the time to listen to us or not. But we had to just lean heavily on on empathy. I've always leaned on on curiosity. I have not respected a salesperson that would call me and and say that they know what my life is like. They know what my my challenges are, or that they can help me because they, they can't. So teaching to lead uh, and taking, taking that pressure off, Mark, I'm not sure you'd be a great fit. If you share a little bit of, about what's happening in your organization, I might be able to tell you how we've helped others that I think might be similar to you. But if I tell you from the beginning, I'm not sure it would be a great fit. Now I'm potentially on the same side of the table with you. It's not this back and forth. But in a busy pandemic, front lines, it you know, was not easy. Again, certain sectors are easier than others. Um, the insurance companies, the payers are, are, are tricky for us at times. You call in, they're going to prompt you for what is your member ID number, what's on your insurance card, or what's your physician code. 
and we don't have either of those. So it, it became tricky. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I really, um, I like what you're saying about that, that negative reverse, I guess, is what that would be the best way to terminology, uh, best terminology to use is, hey, I, I might not be a good fit for you. Uh, but, you know, maybe let's talk about what you're doing and, and hear what you have to say, because we've helped people like you in the past, but maybe not you. Exactly. Like so, so, so tell me about that sales process, that buyer journey. Um, what is step one, step two, step three? Well, for us, again, and it, it's an interesting question. When I have interviewed candidates for my team who liked to take a cradle-to-grave approach from reaching out to Mark to connecting to presenting to closing Mark, I had to be very um, upfront with a person that was looking for that type of solution or, or, or world because we're going to take it from creating your interest, Mark, setting you up with one of our sales executives, and that's my cradle to grave. Got it. So that's that has to be enough for you and go on to the next. And most most all understood that. Um, those that didn't. You know, we talked that maybe it wasn't going to be the best fit for them. So for us, it's 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 reaching out, it's piquing their interest, getting a hand raiser, seeing if they want to learn more. We can do follow up to an event, a webinar. We can do webinar uh, driving attendance to a webinar, an event, a conference. We like to live in that educational role because no one wants to be sold. Everybody likes to buy. So. How can I reach you, Mark, and um, pique your interest to learn more, understand what you're doing there? I don't know that I answered your question, but I think that if I put you at ease saying not coming across with, hey, Mark, I can help you. Well, no, you don't know me. So, David, right. calm, calm down there a bit. Um, let's take this journey together. I can share how, I've, how we've been able to help others that I think might be like you. Again, I'm, I'm taking a very – I think we can help you, and I'll share how we've helped. No, you don't. And so in my coaching you know, with, with my folks, if they'll give me the feedback of what happens on a call, we can replay it and you know, get more into a no, you didn't know what they're going through. You, you, know, you, you really don't. You, so don't present yourself that way. And how often do people do that, right? They want to give you the solution. I can help you, and, and you need help. This this was one of the team members that was behind and pressing, and so we were also able to open up that conversation. I know where you are. I know you need to set this visit. You need to set this opportunity. You've had success in sales for many years. You got to pull that back. You know that. If you're pressing, if you're pushing too hard, it's going to come across, and we've all seen it, Mark. You've seen it as well. It just it, it leads to turning turning people off not being your authentic self, not being creative, curious, you know, not being curious. And um, no, nobody really wants to uh, connect with that. And that's every industry in every facet mm -hmm. of the sales process is yep. ask questions, right? And they, you know, the goal is to ask the question that no one has asked that stops them in their tracks. And it's very hard to find that that question, but when you find it 
in an industry and in a geography and a solution, you have it. We talked, um, might've been on your, might've been on the podcast you're on with us. We talked about what research you should be doing prior to that call that you should have that information. And then, and then the questioning needs to be more around um, what, what's, what's happening in that organization. This is, this is where the industry is, is stumbling and, it, and they're losing ROI or they're losing time or something. Share with me if, if you're in that same scenario. And that's even tricky as well. Asking someone for their pain, like right out of the gate, like, Mark, what, you know, what's keeping you up at night, which that's a passe term and I don't like to use, or, or where's your pain? It's like, dude, you don't know me. That's right. like someone knocking, knocking on my door saying, hey, where's your pain? And I just said, hey, which I told Tim not to say. <laughs> what are you struggling? It's like, dude, you, you don't know me. Get off my front door. Right. Why would I but, share that? Yeah, Why would yeah, I share my, that? But my friend can come to me and say, David, you've been buying too many albums lately. I'm sure that, you know, when you know, when are you going to like calm that down a bit? Or I, I, I listened to how you responded to your wife and that didn't seem really good. Or how are things going? So the whole goal is to get to know them in a, in the world we're in as a market development rep, it's hard for us to do that. So we have to do it pretty quickly and we, we can't do it that deeply. Um, but, but we have to find out, we have to bring our subject matter or our trusted advisor status which goes into a lot of different things. We'll ask, I'm looking over here to, to another screen I have, which is where um, LinkedIn is. You know, does your LinkedIn profile smell and taste like you're a trusted advisor in that industry? Or am I standing there with a fish that I caught? Now there's a place for that picture with a fish, probably Facebook, probably Instagram, probably somewhere else. But is, it, is that LinkedIn, is that how I build my trusted advisor status? Um, but it, it's, it's a little harder for us being that we're not going cradle grave, we're, we're not having repeat customers come back to us on an ongoing basis, where where we do need to know who their children, you know, their children's names, what university they went to, what their hobbies are. Is LinkedIn a tool? Um, that, is a LinkedIn a tool that you use a lot for your research? Um, we use it for research. The other thing in a multi-touch, multi-medium uh, world that we live in. I like to use a LinkedIn profile view, not a connection, not in mail, and we do have in mail, but just a simple profile view as a reinforcement to the fact that I called, I sent you an email, Mark. Now I just called you and left your voice message, and now I'm going to go look at your profile. Because if you're like me and this fear of missing out, this whole FOMO, it's like, who's looking at my profile? Who's looking at my profile? And if I see that, then I can very easily go and check you out a bit. So that's how we use it. Um, the company has invested in LinkedIn Sales Navigator for us. So we do utilize that um, on an ongoing basis within mail. We play in a few sectors, the digital health uh, world, more tech driven. Uh, we've gotten really good success on views and in mail, sometimes versus an email. I'll get disruptor companies and funded companies and cool companies. I'll get a list of those from time to time from our executive leadership team, which I personally then will have a three-step in-mail process that I'm, I'm communicating with the CEO to see if there are intersection points. Can we connect briefly? So I leverage that um, and my team leverages it uh, from profile views and in-mail. 
in mail, I believe you get 50 a month. You can amass up to 150 a quarter. Again, it's not a it's not a platform for mass emailing, and I like that they lock that down. <clears throat> but we use it as a reinforcement. Uh, you know, one of the things Tim and I either spoke about on our podcast with you or another one was the fact that when you're getting to know someone in a longer sales cycle, like probably most of your m- most of your listeners and 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 the industries you're in, maybe more of a cradle to grave. Asking the question, Mark, what's your preferred method of me to uh, communicate with you? Is that text? Is it email? Is it um, telephone? It's also a qualifying question into how, you know, if someone says, oh, it doesn't matter because that basically means I'm just going to ignore every attempt you make right. to call me. So, um, so you know, again, to some, LinkedIn, you know, is a mechanism. And then others also. I'll target CEOs that I have seen, you know, you can tell haven't been active in 30 days or 90 days. So it's, it's not going to be the best, but you know, we want, and I don't also like to use the term, you know, meet them where they are, but we need to meet them in, in their preferred method of, of communication. Well, I love that. that you, had, you did mention that during our conversation on your podcast and, and I have used that strategy multiple times since what is your preferred mode of, of, of communication. Mine's text, you know, feel free to reach out to me on text, right? So you, you kind of give them that, that opening too. But what I, what I really enjoy hearing you say is voicemail, email, LinkedIn view, because I have noticed people viewing my LinkedIn and I, and I oftentimes am wondering why are they looking at my LinkedIn, but I just received a voicemail and an email. I'm probably going to connect with them on LinkedIn because there's some mutual beneficial reason that they're connecting with me. They're taking that extra step. LinkedIn is an interesting, um, all social media are interesting platforms. You know, there's two schools of thought. Do you just connect with everyone, which Tim's a little like that, (laughs) or do you, (laughs) I love him. He probably is. Or do you connect, or do you connect with people that, that, that you know and that you're connected with. And I think a little bit of that depends on I've gone the other route. Now I might not know you well. I might have sat next to you at a networking breakfast way back when. But when Mark, when you come to me and say, I see you're connected to Tim Hooper, would you mind connecting us? If I just keep saying, ah, I don't know that guy. I just connect with everybody. And you come a second time, oh, I don't know that person. Then I'm not a re- I'm not a resource for you. Right. So I, I've been very very locked in. Now I might have forgotten how I know them, but I know them, you know, and we all have levels of, of connection with folks. Uh, but I, I've, I've kept it pretty tight. I, I got a LinkedIn invitation from someone yesterday that says, Hey, LinkedIn suggests that we connect. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so any human beings involved? In that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, just it said, do you, do you share that um, availability for people to say, um, take a look at my LinkedIn if there's anyone that I can introduce you to? I do. I do. Do people take you hey, up on it? Some, some do. Uh, and in fact, I had uh, someone from the Nashville business community that I've known that I've connected before. At, and, it's ha- and it's about the ask. You know, How well do you know this person? Do, would you feel comfortable uh, introducing me? 
Right. And so I will typically share back. This is, a, you know, I don't know this, the one I got this week. I don't, I don't know this person professionally very well. Our children swam together in high school and I'm connected, you know, in this way. And then it's kind of up to that person to say, okay, um, I think there's enough there. Right. And then I awkwardly, it took me a day to figure out, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to create this? Because I don't want to present, oh, I've known Mark for 500 years. He's right. the greatest guy in the world. So I had to delicately um, do the handoff. And I normally will say, so, comma, tag your it. So I leave it totally up to them. Um, I, you know, someone that I'm, you know, if Tim asked me to connect with someone, I know him very well. We've known each other for a long time. That would be a, a more raving endorsement. It also would be a, a, a different conversation with Tim. Tim, I know this guy. I know you. Is this really the? Is this really a fit? Or you know, why do you want to connect? Most people, you know, why they want to connect, which is to get some sort of business um, out of them, or connection. But I do that. Um, uh, but you know, I'm pretty protective of, of of LinkedIn. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I should just connect with everyone. But that that's just the direction I go. Yeah, I see people like if I'm on Facebook, if I have to like Facebook should be for people that you're like friends with. Like if I have to put on Facebook, look, here's my son Cody. It's like if I have to announce who I'm with, then then I think I'm kind of missing the boat of that platform. LinkedIn sort of the same scenario, I believe. A uh, different scenario, but still understand these platforms for what they are. Uh, you know, I'm I, I've been in a B you know, B2C world, uh, B2B world for a long time, those that are in B2C might leverage Facebook a lot more. I know that Tim does. I, I, I'm i pretty conservative, so I don't cross many lines. Other people, and I and I understand those that do. It's like, look, this is my life. I want people to understand my family. That's how they, that's how they become friends of mine and become raving, raving relationships and clients and, and that. I'm a little, I'm more probably to my own fault, I'm more, um, I keep things boxed up into, into their little, little areas. I don't, I don't really cross over. So, but you do say to people, uh, when you're working with, that's them, a long answer. What I've become Tim on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, 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 I'm pulling you back to full circle because one of the things that I do say to folks I'm working with and partnering with and, and doing business with is say, Hey, look at my LinkedIn. If there's someone you want to be connected to, I'd happily connect you to them. And I would say probably, you know, 5% of the people take me up on it for one. Uh, and for two, I've always, you know, been confused at why people think that would be such an intrusion. But my mindset is, is that the person on the other end might actually be excited to have that introduction too. And there's some activity there as well. Good, good point there, Mark. You know, it's interesting, probably... 5% or less have done that, and I do offer that. The smart ones will spend time on my on my LinkedIn profile, pick out the 10 people that they feel they wanted to connect with from a business reason, or which let's face it, LinkedIn is is, is business driven. Right. Like I think I could help this guy from from his title, from his industry, from his whatever. The really advanced ones, which only one or two have done that, have then set time with me created a list and sent me the list in advance and we've gone through one at a time 
what do you think? What do you know? How do you know? And just gone through it. Um, I'm big on, I, I love to help people. I, I will help people to a fault, but I want them to be engaged. You know, it's like in the sales process, a, a prospect will let you and your organization work for free as long as you will do that. If you're not setting go forward objectives along the way to see is Mark really engaged in this along with me, might be some data, might come through a question that at that at your at that level they won't have, so they have to go find it. But I want to put something. I want to make sure that, that we're in the boat together. I'm not I'm not doing all the rowing, and so you know LinkedIn kind of the same way. Um, but the smart you know very few, only one or two have created that list and gone through it. Uh, yeah, I've had one person that came back with a list of 10 people that we were going to go down the list and, and talk through. Let me ask you this. So as we're entering the the season, the holiday season, uh, what's, what's a good strategy for those intrusions or those uh, disruptions during these respectful times? Well, there's always no time like the present. I think that salespeople, oh, I can't call on Monday morning, or oh, I can't call on Friday. Well, you just can't call at all. Right. It depends on if you're leading with empathy, knowing it's the holiday. We've had really good success, knock on wood, which I shared with you earlier this week. People are like talking to us. Like I don't think any work is really being done this week. But people are, are talking with us. We've created opportunities. It's been a really good week for us. And I think that you know, you, your awareness, you, you need to be aware of your surroundings at all times. It's the holidays. We had a call earlier this morning, um, my morning, Europe's afternoon. I knew it wasn't Thanksgiving for them in Europe in two days. So we talked a little about, about about the holidays. You know, I verified that that wasn't the case. He, he was funny. He said, "Yeah, we don't have Thanksgiving, but we have Black Friday." Ah, that's interesting. That was interesting to me. Yeah. So I think that um, it, it's it's how you approach any it's how you approach any call, any face to face meeting, any I see you in the mall, um, understanding what's going on. I created a a, a pretty unique multi-step um, email series um, for for some accounts we've been nurturing. We had about six or 700 accounts. Um, we hit them hard earlier in the year. It's like, let, I'll tell you what, let's do this. So talked about um, Thanksgiving, the real story, that, that the pilgrims came to the United States and, you know, they had their first Thanksgiving and then they really were looking for um, – Process improvement, um, efficiencies, all the things that change healthcare can do. So I kind of wrapped around Thanksgiving. Now, number two come, is going to come out, um, and I had to be a little careful um, with Elf on the Shelf. So regardless of, of, of how you celebrate the holidays, you must admit that the Elf on the Shelf is amusing. Right. And I told this story that really he was just an elf in the workshop, and he kept pressing for – efficiencies and and economies of scale and all these things and he got he got banished so now he's out there choosing you know choosing to do mischief we've all seen the pictures so if you're looking for the same type of efficiencies and process improvement i don't remember the exact words but 
so that's how how you can approach the holidays in a very unique way. So now I got to come out with something for New Year. Cupid will be one. You know, I like to lead with humor at times. You can't. You know, we're in a very serious industry. You can't get whacked though. You can't get way out of there. Right. But to your answer, I think just understanding and you know the the holiday season is approaching us. Not everyone celebrates Christmas. Some right. celebrate Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, nothing. So how do you, you know, how do you not alienate people but yet bring them in? You know, Thanksgiving's an easier one in the country. And especially when we reach out to to healthcare providers and those in the front lines, it's very easy to give them thanks. I don't know that I answered your question, but no, you I think did. it's you know and and if I'm you know we have to know like where is COVID spiking because if I'm calling in, if we're calling in the hospitals, we know the hospital we probably shouldn't even be calling in those states. You know, because they are they don't have time for this. But you know, we're eighteen, twenty months in this. We have to wake people up a little bit that that we understand we're empathetically understanding what they're going through. We can help. Let us know when is the time to help. I prepped my team uh, last week. You're going to hear a lot of, hey, call me after the first of the year or call me in December. Great. Mark, are you in front of your calendar? Yeah. Let's. Uh, how does January 8th sound, 3 o'clock? You know, so moving through, so how do the holidays, you know, how do we approach the holidays? We know that, that people are going to want to push, push us off. But let's lock so it go to, down. Lock, let's lock it down. Or they say, yeah, no, just call me. So what's, you know. Mark, um, what do you think is going to change in two months? Like, are you going to be in a new budget cycle? Or are you going to be looking for more efficiencies, different solutions, maybe overflow call services? What? I'm happy to call you in two months. What is kind of you know what's going to change? Where, where will it? Is it just that you'll have more time? So a little bit more challenging, you know. We want to sit back and and yeah, I'm fine. Okay, great. First, if someone says they're happy with what they have, we like. I like to congratulate. Them. That's awesome. How's it working for you? So, if, if you if if you like what you have, how what would move you to be delighted? So there are, there are ways to create conversations um, before they hang up on you. Right. Meet with <laughs> me anyhow. Talking. Right? Isn't that what yeah. Tim said? Meet with me anyhow. Great. Share with me what's working because. The next person I call, we might not be a fit. I can help them find what you have. I mean, there, there are ways to do that. And, you know, I challenge my people all the time, and I challenge our marketing teams as well. We get these email scripts. It's like if it can't pass the so what test, like I read it. It's like I, 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 we, 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 company, company, company. It's like no. Right. So what? Like so what? And then sometimes at the very end of an email, I'll find that's the why. I got to move that why up front. Well, right. I need to move it. That why up front in a conversation, in a LinkedIn, in mail, in, in, a, in a message. So if someone's going to grab a book this holiday season that's really going to change their mindset on something, what would you recommend? Wow, that's that's a tough question. Um, I think a little bit depends on what they want to accomplish. Um, I read a short little book. I love Simon Sinek. I read a short little book, um, Together is Better. I thought it was um, impactful. It depends if everyone should be working on themselves. Um, there's a book I'm sending to my sister that was very impactful. Uh, it, it's a deep book, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. talks about ego as the enemy. And um, yeah, I'm looking over here at other books. 
I have not yet read The Infinite Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Uh, someone sent – I think Tim sent me Fanatical Prospecting. I think, you know, something that just kind of gets you grounded, gets you thinking. You know, one of the exercises, Tim and I already have it on the books. For December 8th, we're going to go through our start, stop, keep together, and we'll, we'll have it prepped, and we'll vet each other. I do that with my team. We go through um, personal and professional start, stop, keep, or start, stop, more. So I think I think the the holidays are time for family. I'd say get out of a book and, and go connect with people. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's also a time to assess where do you want to go next year. What's your personal why? We call them one word personal mantras. Tim and I have already picked ours, and we'll wait for the the big reveal. Is it a male or a female um, coming up? Either be pink or blue. But I think you know what, what do you, Mark? What do you? What what would you suggest as a book to read? You know, it's it's funny. So it all depends, right? What what haven't you read, right? So what are the books that were very inspiring to me uh, early on? Um, you know, one that jumps out is um, Think and Grow Rich. That was one that moved me, right? Mm-hmm. Rich Dad, Poor Dad moved me industry-wide, made me think outside of what I'm doing and think very differently about the psychology of money. So I, I recommend books to people, like you said, like, where are you right now, right? Where, what is it that you need right now at this moment in time? And Simon Sinek's great, by the way. And I, I meant, you mentioned him twice um, already, but he's, uh, he's really, he's really uh, got something going on with what he's doing right now. But it's usually a lot of author-based stuff. Um, great way to reverse on me. I appreciate that. And ask me, right? Um, so, all right. So let me ask you this. One of the, the, the questions we ask everybody um, is we're hopefully at some point going to get everybody together as guests uh, and, and have a little event. But at the same time, by coming on podcasts, by doing podcasts, you, you're, you're expanding your comfort zone. And one of the things we try to get our teams to do is expand their comfort zone. And, and one of the strategies we use is karaoke. What's your go-to karaoke song, David? So I, I don't do much karaoke, but uh, I would say it's uh, Friends in Low Places. Ah. Maybe it's because I'm in the South. Um, Can I share something with you? Yes. That was my go-to for 20-plus years. And I just actually did it last uh, two <laughs> weeks ago for the first time in, in over a year. A karaoke was a missed uh was something that was sorely missed uh, during COVID, but um, it's funny you say that. Have you done it, friends and loved I've places? not done it, but I, if if I had to do it, I, that that's what I would go to. Uh, you'd be great at it. I, I can I can hear it in your voice. You you'd be great at it. And let me give you one piece of shared experience. Is it's a, a lot to do with the stage presence, how you hit that that chorus as opposed to how you actually sing. <laughs> Very good. Well, get the fans involved. Then I'll work on then I'll work on that aspect because I don't I think my voice is pretty much what it's gonna be. Yeah, it's all about the stage presence yep. with karaoke yep. sometimes. David, thank you so much for coming on. How would someone get in touch with you if they wanted to uh, to work with you? Well, you've just learned it's probably not LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> if you hit me up on LinkedIn and told me that Mark that you heard heard that you're a friend of Mark's or Mark asked us to connect, I will connect with you that way. It's probably the easiest way. Uh, and uh, 
I appreciate the time today. I'm not on it. this side of it, and it's been uh, it's been fun. It's different, right? Yeah, it sure is. Folks, you have got to check out Energy for Sales podcast. David and Tim Hooper, who we mentioned a couple of times, they're doing an amazing job. Uh, David only scratched the surface on some of the golden nuggets that they deliver on that podcast. So check it out, subscribe, uh, ring the bell so that you get those weekly updates. I am a guest on one of those episodes. I was uh, It was awesome. I was blessed to be part of it. It was very exciting. And I took a lot of information away that you know we're we're executing with right now on our team so uh and it just the the catalog goes on and on and on with some really great sales nuggets and strategies and it's not that's that typical you know hardcore sales it's lead with empathy it's ask these questions it's negative reverses it's it's how to delight people it's you know how to not coast during difficult times and really valuable. So I encourage everybody to check it out. David, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'll be seeing you soon. Have a great holiday. Happy holiday to you too. Thanks, Mark. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure Title, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.